Hallelujah. Glory. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, and we'll begin reading at verse 22. And the Bible says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of Him to the other side, and He dismissed the crowd. After He had dismissed them, He went up on a mountainside by Himself to pray. And when evening came, He was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him, Oh, you of little faith, why'd you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to spend a few minutes this morning preaching confessions of faith for a stormy night. Confessions of faith for a stormy night. Following the theme we've had from the, from the beginning of this year, um, in the last few weeks, storms are common to all. We, we know it's, it's never if, it's always a when. And we can all relate to storms. In fact, Jesus promised us storms, and we've gone through that in the last few weeks. But in our text, I want you to find some assurances that we all have as believers when we face the storms of life. We can call them our confessions or our confidence of faith for a stormy night. But the fact is that every one of us has felt the fierce winds of adversity, whether it's a trial or a temptation or hardship, um, those winds that try to resist and hinder our advance in God, keep us from going forward in God. Every one of us. We know what it is like the disciples to be straining at the oars and seemingly not getting very far as we fight the headwinds of life. Storms do come. And therefore, you and I as believers, if we want to walk victoriously, if we want to live the overcoming life, we must be prepared to face them, not just deny them or make believe they're not going to come on our door. This morning, I want to look at five confessions, five confidences of faith for a stormy night. Now, the setting of our story is very familiar. It was right after Jesus performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. By the Sea of Galilee, He feeds 5,000 men, so perhaps there's as many as 15, 20,000 people that are in attendance. And you know the story. Just a few loaves and some fish. Jesus feeds them all. I mean, the air was charged with excitement after that miracle. The multitudes, um, they'd reached a fevered pitch of enthusiasm. In fact, they were ready to take Jesus by force and make Him king. John's Gospel tells us some things that Matthew and Mark left out. And he said that miracles were going on and the teaching was so awesome, signs and wonders. And then finally, with the feeding of the, of the multitudes, they got so caught up in the hour that the crowds were ready just to take Jesus by force and make Him king. Now, you know the gospel story as well as I do. That would have been very dangerous because it would have destroyed Jesus' real purpose for coming. 
He didn't come to be made king by man. He came to go to a cross, then receive a crown. He was sent by the Father that He might be the Lamb of God to die on the cross for our sins. And so hell tried to keep Him. And men that didn't understand His mission would try to somehow discourage Him from going to Calvary. But that's why He came. That He might take your place and my place on that cruel, rugged cross and shed His blood that we might be forgiven and we might know forgiveness and we might know great redemption and salvation. Verse 22 tells us, because of the crowd, Jesus doesn't want the disciples to get caught up in this. He doesn't want them to get swayed by what's going on. You know, sometimes you can get swayed by emotion and miss the will of God. Come on. You can get so caught up in your emotions. I feel it. I feel it. And it was totally not God's will that Jesus at that time be made king. Wow. Because of the crowd, Jesus ordered his disciples to sail to the other side. And as they obeyed Jesus, they encountered this storm. Life can be like that, can it? I mean, we go from feeding the multitudes. What a miracle. And it was a miracle in which the disciples were participants in the miraculous, partners in the miraculous. You know the story. They gave Jesus. He blessed it, broke it, gave it back. And then in their hands, the multitudes were fed. Man, you can go from feeding the multitudes to facing a storm. From celebration to crisis. From triumph, sometimes it's followed by trouble. You see, the devil doesn't want you going forward in God. The enemy of your soul does not want to see you grow and mature and advance and become consistent and stable in the things of God. And he'll do whatever he needs to do to try to hinder progress and somehow try to fight your advancement and your growth and your consistency. It'll come in all shapes and forms where you mark it down. If He couldn't keep you from salvation, then He's going to try to keep you from growing and maturing and being the one God's called you to be. So remember, sometimes your trouble is not always chastisement. Sometimes it is. And when it is a storm of chastisement, well, we need to be humbled. And we need to be honest. Honest enough to admit it and to own it and come to God and get cleaned up. Can you say amen? But often, but often, Not by our design or not by our desire, but by the enemy's opposition. Storms come. Peter was to write many years later in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He told the young church, he said, now be alert. Live a life that's alert. Be awake. Be awake. Be vigilant. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He says, be alert. You have an enemy that's going to try to keep you from God's best. That's going to try to keep you from the victory and keep you from that joy and keep you from that peace and keep you from that obedience. So again, storms come. And when they do, let's remember five things. Number one, I want us to remember this morning that he brought us here. He brought us here. You see, verse 22 says something that we glance over sometimes. It says, Jesus commanded them to go. Literally, it says, He compelled them to go. He urgently forced them and commanded them to leave. The disciples found themselves in a storm because they had obeyed the word of Jesus. Jesus was giving them a lesson in faith that they needed and that they would never forget. It was obedience to the call and the command and the word of the Lord Jesus that brought the disciples to a place of totally being exhausted in themselves and seeing their ultimate weakness, but at the same time, 
seeing his, his great sufficiency and seeing his wonderful ability to bring us through any trial and to fulfill his word in any situation and to draw near to us no any tribulation. He brings them to a test that on one hand reminds them of how incomplete they are in themselves. But on the other hand, he brings them to a place where he can reveal himself to them as the one that is Lord even over the storms and the waves of this life. He brought me here. That's good to know. I used to tell young believers, especially young preachers, learn how to know the mind of God. Because if you're doing anything worthwhile, hell's going to throw everything at you. And when the storm hits, that's not the time to wonder, gee, was this God or was this just me? No, you want to know before you cast off. I'm in the will of God. God is sending me. And then when the storm hits, you can stand firm and say, Devil, I'm not a Jonah. Devil, I'm not Abraham leaving the promised land. I'm in the will of God. I'm here by the perfect command of God. Therefore, I'm going to believe God. And God's going to rescue me. And God's going to bail me out of this thing. It helps to know you're in the will of God. Because when the storm hits, the first thing that begins to play in your brain, if you're not sure, maybe I missed it or maybe this or maybe that but when you have a certainty that says he brought me here then you can say devil huff and puff do what you must but I serve a Jesus that can say peace be still you see through direct obedience the disciples found themselves in a storm you see the storm didn't show that they had deviated from God's path instead God's path for them lay through the storm, to the other side, to the other shore. You know, sometimes people always want an end run, an end run. Right? Football, they want an end run. Sometimes God's saying, I want you to go up the middle. I want you just to go up the middle and grind it out. We like to run away, you know, try to run around and avoid all contact and avoid all resistance and avoid all. But sometimes the Lord says, no, my will for you is from A to B and the path is going to go through a storm. It's going to go through resistance. It's going to go through an enemy. But if you'll trust me and you'll believe me, I'll show my glory in your life. I'll show you a strength you never knew you had. I'll show you grace that you never experienced before. We spend too much time trying to avoid things. At first we stop. What do we say? You, all you men that are construction men like me, and everybody laughs because I don't know the left hand hammer from the right hand. But you want to measure twice so you only have to cut. It's better to call a timeout before you make restless moves or just frivolous moves and hasty moves and seek the Lord till you have a knowing and an assurance this is God's will. And then once you have that assurance this is God, then you go forward. And whatever comes, you have that assurance. I'm in the will of God. So if a trial comes, His grace will be sufficient. I'm in the will of God. So if the enemy attacks me, I can stand firmly with confidence knowing that He who began that good work in me. He's going to complete it and He's going to bring me through. Can you say amen? Sometimes we go through it. That's what Paul in Acts 14 tried to encourage the young church with Acts 14 in verse 22. He tried to encourage that early church that you have to go through tribulations, not around them, not always avoiding them. Paul and um, Barnabas had built many wonderful churches. And then they went back to those churches to encourage those young believers and to just remind them to keep believing God. And the Bible says they strengthened the disciples. They encouraged them to remain true to the faith. They went to the young believers and said, you stay true with Jesus. 
You stick with Jesus. No matter what comes your way, there's nothing worth leaving Jesus for. There's not a relationship worth leaving Jesus for. There's not a promotion worth leaving Jesus for. Whatever you go through, you stay true to Jesus. I'm encouraging this day. If you'll stay true to Him, He'll bring you through. If you'll stand obedient to Him, He'll fight that battle for you. And they encourage them. And He says, we must. Here's a little insight into the reality of walking with God. Paul never painted a a, a picture of Christianity that wasn't so. Paul did not give them some kind of image that wasn't reality. He said, no, we must go through many hardships or tribulations, many pressing times in order to enter the kingdom of God. And so while we're going through it, one thing that will keep us steady and strong is to know that He sent me here. That I'm in the will of God here. That God has called me to live like this. God has called me to believe like this. Jesus purposely, He sends them into this storm. He sends them into the waters knowing a storm was coming. So let's remember there are storms of correction and there are storms of perfection. There are reasons for the storm and there are purposes in the storm. Now a correcting storm that comes to chastise us when we miss the mark, when we disobey God. Jonah had done this. Um, David had done this. Abraham had done this. On and on. But a perfecting storm that comes because we've obeyed the Lord. And He wants to take us to a new level of faith and teach us a new lesson of grace. It's an opportunity. We've been saying the last few weeks as we did a three-part series on the blessings of problems. Silver linings, we called it. But we said problems produce opportunities. Opportunities to grow. Opportunities to learn. Opportunities to help others. And opportunities to experience God like we've never experienced God before. And it's a beautiful thing. This was to be an opportunity that they would see God's faithfulness in a new way. And they would witness His deliverance in a marvelous way. And God wants to bring us through things at times to allow those winds of adversity to strip away the dead branches and at the same time strengthen and deepen our spiritual roots to a new measure and to a new richness. He brought me here. It's a great comfort to know that you can declare God brought me here. I'm here sent by God. I'm here in the will of God. Therefore, I will trust my God. Therefore, I believe He'll keep me strong and He'll keep me going and He'll bring me to the other side. Now, if we look for examples in the Scripture, there's so many, but let's think about the Israelites at the Red Sea. That's familiar to most of us. There's a great example of being in a place that you wouldn't choose to be at, but God brought them there. Because God had a plan for them there. And God wanted to reveal Himself to them in a new way there. The Israelites at the Red Sea, nobody would have led them that way except the Lord, but He brings them out of Egypt, and then He brings them really between a rock and a hard pot. I mean, who leads like that? Who, who would take them? He leads His people to a place where there seems to be no way out 
where it seems like there's going to be a certain disaster. I mean, a Red Sea here, mountains and desert there, Pharaoh and all the legions in hot pursuit getting ready to destroy them. I mean, can't you just hear the church? I mean, can't you just hear the people of Israel? I just can't see how we're going to get out of this one. I mean, I don't know why God would lead us. I don't know what that Moses was thinking when he chose this route. I don't know how we're going to get anything. Have you ever talked like that? Amen. We all have, haven't we? There's a time or two we said, Oh, Lord, I don't know. Lord, what in the world are you doing? And then we catch ourselves and say, Sorry, Lord. Can we be honest? Amen. I mean, in the will of God. There have been many times I missed the mark and I said, Yeah, I deserve that, Lord. Forgive me. And, you know, help me get back on track. I, I've zigged when I should have zagged. Haven't we all? But there have been a time or two I knew I was zigging in the will of God. Amen. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, my Lord, if this is your will, how come that Red Sea looks so impassable? And how come that desert looks so dry? And how come Pharaoh, I can smell his ugly breath. He's getting closer. Lord, what, have you ever been there? Amen. In the will of God, wondering, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And when we feel that way, we need to remember what the Israelites forgot. That he brought us here. And he's with us here. He brought them to an impossible place that He might display His power and show Himself to His people as the God that can be trusted in any place and in every place. That He was the God of the impossible place and He was the one that wouldn't fail or never would forsake His people. He brought them there that they might see His glory. Didn't He say that, Moses? I got you here because I'm through Pharaoh. I'm going to show you my glory. And Moses said, I don't know about this, Lord. I don't see any glory now. I see Pharaoh getting ready to consume us. But God says, that's all right. Listen, Moses, it's a setup. And I'm the one that's doing the setting up. He brought them there that they might see His glory and witness his power and experience his deliverance that you and I he brings us through things that we might learn faith lessons and we might develop deeper into Christ's character he brought us here and he's with us here and he will take good care of us here can you say amen so if you're facing a storm and if that storm happens to be a correcting storm then get things right and get back on track but if it's a perfecting storm then learn the lessons. Expand your faith. Remember that an obedient heart never has to fear the winds in the ways of life. He brought us here is a confession of confidence that no matter where life takes me, when I know I'm in the will of God, I can stand firmly and confidently knowing that He'll give me all the grace I need to do whatever I need to do to be victorious and to walk through it. It reminds me of that story of that little boy. We've told it before. He's on a very small airplane and that airplane's hitting them pockets up and down and up and down and... You know, but he's handling it like he's on a Disney ride. I mean, he's just enjoying life and up and down and people are losing this and the up and he's just having a time. And finally the lady next to him couldn't handle it. She said, son, stop it. Why? Don't act like that. You're too happy. How can you be like that? Aren't you afraid? And she, he looks at him, oh, man, I'm sorry. There's no need to fear. My daddy's the pilot. You see, when, you, when your daddy's the pilot, you can handle the turbulence of life. Can you say amen? You can't control them, but you can handle them. You can go through them. You can't avoid them, but you can go through them. You can't cast them into the sea. It don't work like that. I wish it did. You can go through them. When you know your heavenly Father 
is leading your life and ordering your steps. You can walk with a confidence that the world doesn't know and the world can't take away. When you have the certainty that your times are in His hands, that regardless of what comes, you can sing in the midnight hour by faith. You can say, Lord, somehow you're going to work through this and I'm expecting it, not because I can see it, not because I can feel it, but because Your Word decrees it, I'm going to believe. Why? Because You brought me here. You brought me here. Uh, first, God brought us here. Confessions of faith were a stormy night. But secondly, He's praying for us here. What a comforting thought. If you look at verses 22, and Jesus made the disciples get into that boat, go ahead. And he dismissed the crowd. Then verse 23, after He dismissed the crowd, He went up on the mountainside by Himself to pray. Hallelujah. And the boat was a distance from shore. What a thought. He was praying. In fact, look at, if you would, Mark 6. Let's look at Mark 6. Mark gives us a little insight into the story that Matthew kind of left out. That's why it's good to read it in the different way. And here it goes. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get out into the boat. He dismissed the crowd. Then verse 46, and he's going to talk about Jesus is praying. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. But now look at this next one. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And he was alone on the land. Jesus is praying, and this is what he sees in verse 48. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. He's on the mount praying, but he sees our struggling. He's on the mount interceding for us, but he sees us battling. And he sees the resistance and what we're going through. And the wind was against them. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is praying for us. Hebrews 7 and 25. Hebrews 7 and 25 speaks about Jesus as our high priest. He makes intercession for us. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him. Because He always lives. He lives, He lives, He lives. He lives to intercede for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. That position of power. But He's interceding on our behalf that we'll make it through. I want you to know this morning, if you're a child of God, you're on Jesus' prayer list. Isn't that exciting? I mean, He sees you from the mount of heaven. He sees you when those times come and you're toiling at the oars, when life's angry winds are trying to steal your joy and just to bring defeat into your life. But He is there standing on interceding. You might not see Him, but I assure you this morning, He sees you. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're enduring. And if you'll trust Him, He'll bring you through. Satan would have drowned him, but for the Savior's prayers. I thank God this morning for the power of prayer. Where would any of us would have been if it wasn't for the privilege and the power of prayer? How many times in our own lives things got turned around because we touched God by faith? How many times, maybe when we weren't even doing right with God, we know someone else prayed through in our life was spared and our life's direction was radically changed because someone touched God on our behalf. Jesus is praying for us. And just like the disciples at times, you know, the winds of of this life try to hinder us from going forward. The winds are contrary. We're doing our best, 
trying to obey God, but there's winds that try to hinder. And here we are straining, doing our very best, but it gets tiresome. They were rowing and rowing for hours and they made very little progress. Man, I've been there a time or two. When you're trying to do your very best, you're believing God, you're in the will of God, and it still seems like it's one step forward, two steps. Have you ever been there? There are times when in the will of God, doing your best, giving an effort to please and obey God, there's such exhaustion and such weariness because hell will stand against you. But even in those times, it's good to know He prays for us and He sees us and He's aware of what we're facing. But Jesus saw them and Jesus sees the area of your straining, the area of your struggle. He knows your private sorrows. He knows your personal struggles. They're not hidden from God. He knows them and He's a compassionate Savior. He's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands our frailties. He understands human weakness. You don't have to. You might hide things from men, but you don't have to hide them from Jesus. He sees them. His heart's moved in a special way towards you because of them. And I want you to know this morning, He's praying for you that you'll make it. He's praying for you that you'll overcome. He's praying for you that you won't give. Oh, what a God we serve. God, He wants you to know this morning, not only did He bring you there, but He's praying for your victory there. He's praying that in all things, you'll be more than a conqueror. He's praying, oh, that your faith, your faith will not fail and your spirit will not quit. He's praying, Father, strengthen them. Father, encourage them. Father, help them to grow through this. Father, remind them of the good promises they can stand on. Father, keep them in Your love and quicken them with Your power and establish them with Your peace. Confessions of faith for a stormy night when hell tries to hinder me and the waves are crashing against me. When I'm in the will of God, I have the assurance that He sent me, that, that He's with me, that I'm led of the Lord, and my times are in His hands, and my steps are ordered of Jesus. And I also know that He's praying for me, that He sees me, that He's aware of what I'm facing. He feels my burden, and His prayer is for my victory. I'll tell you number three, here's a wonderful confession. He's drawing near to me. He's drawing near to you. Verse 25, it says how Jesus began to walk on that water towards them. He was praying. He saw their struggle. He saw that they were getting exhausted. And He begins to draw near. This is interesting. He, he's coming to us in the midst of our hard places, in much of the rough places of life. He draws near in a special measure of grace, in a special way. Special storms. God gives a special grace and a special touch. In a special word. I want you to see Psalm 34 and verse 18. Psalm 34 and verse 18. I love this psalm because as most of us, I believe, go through certain things. Especially when it was something surprising. Especially when it was something that we just didn't see coming and we're in the will of God. Oftentimes the enemy would lie to us. Emotions lie to us. But the Bible says the Lord is close or He's near to the brokenhearted. And He saves those that are crushed in spirit. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to meditate on that for just a second here. He's not distant. He's not disinterested. He's not far away. He's close or He's near. He's drawing near. 
to the brokenhearted, to those that feel crushed, to those that feel somehow wounded or broken. The Lord is near and He saves and He ministers and He lifts up. Sometimes when we go through the turbulences of life, especially things we didn't see coming and we didn't expect, God can feel distant. And hell and every liar would say, where is God? He's a million miles away. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says in our most trying time, He draws near to a special measure of grace and comfort and compassion to bring us through. He was there in this particular episode. He was testing and training His disciples. He's preparing them for the time when He would no longer physically be with them. But you know, in the same way with us as we walk with God, there are times that things will hit us and it seems as if God withdraws that hearing and that feeling of His presence. But when that happens, He allows that to happen so that our faith would reach down and be even deeper and firmer and steadier and purer. That we would not be leaning on false hopes. That we wouldn't have confidence in temporal things. Sometimes He allows the withdrawal of the props and the emotion so that we can have a pure faith than we've ever had. A faith that believes even when everything else seems contrary. A faith that stands firm when common sense and emotional fear says, run, give up, blow up. But God says, I will allow these things to come. And I'll draw near to you in a way I've never drawn near before. But at the same time, I will cause your faith to grow through this. I will cause your sincerity to become deeper and richer than it's ever been before. In the darkest hour of the night, when the disciples were so tired, they're exhausted, possibly getting ready to give it up, but here comes Jesus, walking on the water. Hang on, child of God, your breakthrough's coming. Hang on. He sees you. He recognizes that weariness. And He is not far away. In fact, the Bible says He's drawing near. He hears your cry. He sees your frustration. He's going to give you a grace to bring you through. He's going to give you a promise that you can stand on. He's going to wrap His loving arms around you. And if there's no one else that stands with you, He'll stand with you and He'll give you strength. And that hellish storm that tried to defeat you, will only be used to develop you. That attack from the enemy to get you to give up and to blow up and to just throw up. God says, I'm going to use it to help you grow up and to help you be the one I've called you to be. You're going to see His glory. You're going to receive His impartation. And when you get through, you'll be stronger than when you first began. Listen, friend, I want someone to know most people might have been bailing out, but Jesus was drawing near. A lot of times people walk out when times get tough, but that's when Jesus, He walks on in. And friend, if you're going through something this morning, I want you to know He's walking towards you. He's got a special grace for you. He has a good promise that you can wrap your arms around. Jesus reminds us when you go through the waters, they won't drown you. And when you go through the fires, you will not be burnt because I'm with you and I'm for you. Somebody say Amen. You see, Jesus is always with us. That we know. But in great times of trial, you and I can depend on a greater grace and a greater comfort and a greater assurance. So many examples in the Bible. Joseph was betrayed. Joseph was falsely accused. He was thrown into prison again and again. But the Bible says again and again, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. 
When it would seem like God was a million miles away and God had forsaken him and God had allowed this and that to happen, no, God was with him. When the three Hebrews stood firm when everybody else was bowing low and it cost them, sometimes living right will cost you. Sometimes doing God's will, God's way will cost you. And when it cost them and they're thrown into the fiery furnace, they found there was a fourth man that went with him. There was the Son of the living God that didn't stand afar just cheering them on, but He actually entered into their fiery trial. That's what this drawing near is all about. We go through it. And when we go through it in His will, He draws near. He enters in. And He gives you a grace you didn't know. He'll give you a word maybe you never heard. We think about Paul, the great apostle. When he's in prison, he's awaiting his execution. And the Bible says, Paul wrote, and everyone forsook me. The church, even the church forsook him. He says, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. You might be in a place where it seems like even your friends are forsaking you. But that's when Jesus says, look to your right. There I am. I'm standing with you and I'm giving you strength to walk on. You see, special struggles bring a special nearness of the Savior into our lives. And then finally, they hear those words, It's I. Verse 20 says, It's I. They were so discouraged. They were so worn out. They couldn't even recognize Jesus when He's coming. Sometimes you can go through things and you can't even recognize the answer. Sometimes you can't hear Him. Sometimes you can't sense Him. But He says, It is I. I'm glad they didn't quit. I'm glad they didn't give up too before the answer came. You know, if you go through trials and you go through some storms in life, you'll find out some things. You'll find out you never thought you could take so much until you took it. You, you never, never thought you could endure so much until you, um, uh, until you withstood it. But then they heard that voice. And I pray somebody would hear the voice of the Lord. His sheep know His voice. And in the midst of that storm, He's got a word of comfort, a word of hope. A word of assurance for you. It's a word that promises you, fear not for I am with you. Be not afraid for I am thy God. I will help thee. I will strengthen thee. I will uphold thee with my righteous right arm. I'm your God and I'm with you. I'm your God and I'm for you. I'm your God and you belong to me and I will defend you. And the battle is my battle. I will hold you. And as you trust me, I will lead you. And as you look to me, I will help you. And as you stand firm upon my promise, I will come to you in a greater measure than you've ever dreamed. And I will bring you safely to the other side. And until then... (laughs) The Bible says weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. And until the morning, here's your word of advice. Keep rowing. Keep, tell your neighbor, keep rowing. Tell someone, just keep rowing. That's all. Keep, don't give up. Don't give up. Too many give up. And their breakthrough is a second away. Too many give up. And they didn't realize the answer was coming. Too many ran. And they didn't realize grace was getting ready to explode. So just keep rowing and trusting and believing and looking. And we recognize He brought me here. And He's praying for me. And He's coming towards us. He's drawing near to me. And number four, here's our confession. He'll help me to grow. He'll help me to grow. This is interesting. We've said before, response determines effect. Response to the Word. Response to the attack. Response determines effect. And we see that a place of testing will become a place of growing if we allow it to. Now, we know there's different rates of return depending on how I respond to something. Now, storms 
call you and I to enter into a greater place of trust and obedience and patience. Storms demand something of us, but then they can produce something in us. I mean, for instance, you know, all 11 of those disciples, they were in the boat grew, didn't they? They saw the Lord. They saw the miracle. But man, Peter grew different, didn't he? Peter responded differently. Now, I don't know about you, but I've gone through a storm or two. And when I got through it, I looked back and I said, you know what? I could have done better. I got through it. And I didn't know I didn't lose it. But I tell you what, I look back and say, you know what? God came through to me. God brought me here. But you know what? I probably could have praised him in the middle of it instead of having to bite my tongue through it. You know, maybe I could have just kept the peace instead of just, well, I got an excuse to be kind of on edge because I'm waiting, you know. You see, the, the 11 of them, that they received, they grew. What manner of man is this? My Lord. The Bible says that when he got in the boat, John tells us that as soon as Jesus got in, not only did the storm stop, the waves stopped, but immediately they were on the other side. There's a second miracle. So all the disciples saw this. They saw him walking. They saw this. But oh, Peter, man, his response, he really grew. I would encourage you because we're all going to go through things. And and we made it through some things or we wouldn't be here. The next time you go through something, can you ask God to help you go through it a little better than you went through the last one? Can you you help the Lord? Say, Lord, just help me go through this. Help me to stand firmer. Help me to keep the joy longer. Amen? Help me to stay sweeter. I mean, the storm wants to make it. Help me stay sweet, Lord. Even when... <sighs> but the 11 got a great blessing, didn't they? I mean, I'd like to experience it. And they... Wow. But Peter... Wow. When I go through the storm, can I have the ability to hear his voice and hear what he's saying to me in the storm? Recognize his presence as he's walking in the storm. Respond to his command. While I'm in the storm. It's easy to get happy after the storm. It's easy to dance our Pentecostal jigs. You know, after the report comes back from the doctor. Amen. But sometimes we've got to learn to dance the jig before we get to report. Amen. I never get years and years ago with Brother Wilkerson. We used to send out those ma- uh, newsletters. Dave Wilkerson, he sent those newsletters out for years and years. And one entitled, I can remember, it was 20 years ago. The right song on the wrong side. The right song on the wrong side. And he talked about how Miriam got out that tambourine and they started praising God after the Red Sea. Remember after um, Egypt, the Pharaoh swallowed up and they're on the other side? But he said, wait. Real faith. A stronger faith would have been singing that song before the Red Sea opened. It was the right song, but it was on the wrong side. There's been a time or two I've done the jig after the breakthrough came. And afterwards, I look back, you know, whether it's in business or whether it's in sports, after the game or after the big thing, you go through, you, you, go, you reprocess. How could we have done better? How could we have? And sometimes when we go through something, we stop and say, you know what? I thank God. I mean, I got through it and I didn't, you know, I didn't kick the dog or anything like that. You know what I mean? Didn't, didn't, didn't yell at the mailman, you know, didn't do that. But, you know, I know deep down, I think I could have went through that better. You know what, I, I think I, I could have stayed a little sweeter. I think I could have tossed and turned a little less than I did. I think I should have been firmer in faith. I think I could have praised him before. And I said, Lord, help me to remember when the next one comes. 
I want to do better. Yes, Lord. Amen? Amen? I want to do better. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there's a confession of faith. This is going to help me grow. See, devil, you think it's going to disqualify me. You think it's going to backslide me. No, this is going to make me grow. Yes, and the more you throw at me, the more I'm going to grow in God's grace. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. A place of testing is a place of growing. And then lastly, not only is he going to help me grow, he, he's going to see me through. Yes, I mean, as soon as Jesus steps in that boat, it all stops. Right. He's in control of the whole thing, isn't he? And when his time comes, and until then, my confession, he's going to bring me through this. I'm not a Jonah. I'm in his will. I didn't bring, I'm here in the will of God. So I have complete confidence that he that began this work, he's going to complete this work. He sent us, and he will bring us safely to the other side. Amen? Remember at church, they had their, their bulletin or whatever you call it. Their, what's that thing called? The marquee? What's a fancy word? They had a marquee. And whoever they had doing the marquee, well, he wasn't having a good day, and so he went out there to put the title for the next sermon. It was Our God Reigns. And instead, maybe he didn't pass spelling too good. It might have been like me. I didn't do too good either. And um, he said, Our God Resigns. Amen. Instead of Our God Reigns. Our God Resigns. And I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think about it. I, I've seen some, some people living like their God resigned. Amen. There, there's some churches preaching their God resigned. They don't believe that book no more, do they? Amen. There's some Christians, they act like God resigned. He, he, he going down to Key West, haven't come back yet. Amen. No, 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 no. But, but I think the beautiful thing is our God reigns. Amen. But here comes Jesus walking on the water, walking on the very thing that had them frightened and had them ready to give it up. And all he had to do, just a word, and it ends. Just a step, and it ends. Oh, those harsh winds. These are professional sailors. They knew a storm that was deadly. It wasn't just a little trickle in the water. But oh, our Jesus is so great. Your Jesus is so great. He is so mighty. He is so powerful. So put your trust in him. And when you go through the storm, remember, he's going to see you through. His timing certainly isn't always our timing. But he will bring you through. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to wind it down. Amen. Don't serve a God that's resigned. Serve a God that reigns. Amen. Serve a God that reigns. Serve a God that reigns. Hallelujah. We're going to pray and we're going to just worship the Lord. Confessions of faith for a stormy night. When you have a stormy night, remember, if you're walking with God, He brought you there. We're not living by accidents. We're living by divine appointments. It might be hell trying to attack you, but the Lord, when you're in His will. Amen? He brought me here. Let that be confidence. Confidence. And He's praying for me. Let that bring some comfort. Amen? He's praying for me. He sees me straining. He's saying, Lord, help Joe's patience. Help him. Father, help him. He seems to be getting ready to vent, and that's not good. <laughs> he needs to praise and not vent. Can you say amen? He's drawing near to me. The human mind in the world might say, where is God? But the Bible says he draws near to the brokenhearted. So if you're feeling crushed, you're feeling like your heart's been broken, the Bible says he's drawn closer to you than he's ever been. He's there. Talk to him. Weep at his feet. Put the burden in his hands. And he's going to help me grow. This is part where you and I make that choice. I want to grow through this. 
Lord, I've gone through things before. I've done pretty good, but I want to do better, even better this time. Help me, Lord, maybe to walk on the water this time. Help me maybe to step out and really walk over the thing that's trying to drag me down like Peter did. My last confession, he will see me through. That means you can praise him right where you're at. That means you can stay happy right where you're at. Because he's in control, you're in his care, and he's going to bring you through. Amen? We want to praise God this morning. We have such a friend and Savior in the Lord Jesus. And he's brought us so far and has brought us through a whole bunch. And I just want to lift up our hands and our voices and praise him. Stand with me if you would. Let's just worship the Lord. It's early, so if you've got a couple of minutes, can you give God praise? Amen. And we just give him thanks. He brought us through. He's been faithful. And I pray that we just remember these, these assurances. Write these down in your mind. And Lord, help me to remember these things so I can respond properly when I go through the storm. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, you'd like prayer, please, as we begin to worship the Lord, just come and someone will pray with you. It's our pleasure to pray with you. Or maybe you just want to come and pray. And you just want to find a place and talk with the Lord. Please do so. I encourage you, if you're in a storm of correction, don't fight God. Take ownership, honesty, and humility. And just say, Lord, I I missed it. Forgive me. I don't think I meant to, but I did. Forgive me. And help me get back on track. If you're going through a storm and you know you're in the will of God, you're, you're just doing, you know, then Lord, give me strength to go through this in a way that glorifies you. Amen. We pray, Father, Lord Jesus, we love You. Lord Jesus, we thank You for all the storms You brought us through. You've been the most faithful friend and helper we have ever had. And Lord, we love You and we trust You. Help us to grow as You see us through. This morning I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, touch lives, lift burdens, Shatter oppressions. Fill thirsty lives. Oh God, I believe. People here carrying a weight, let it shatter. Let that heaviness begin to break. And let that joy and that laughter be restored. And Lord, for those that have come and they're just thirsty, spiritually thirsty, Wanting just a refreshing of the Spirit. Wanting a new strength of the Spirit. Lord, I pray as they look to You, You'll satisfy their thirst and fill them afresh. Now, oh God, bless this altar time. Let Your power flow as we exalt Your name. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer want to pray, come. And let's believe God together. Hallelujah.